Hello, welcome to the Weekly Song Podcast. I'm Roger. Uh, I'm Declan. And today we've got a uh, special episode for you. We have a special guest. Uh, Connor Frost is on the show today. Uh, Connor is a mentor and coach and musician. And uh, we're happy to welcome him to talk about basically being an artist, a musician and kind of finishing music, kind of getting it to that next stage and getting it out there. You know, if you're somebody who struggles with perhaps, you know, writing your songs, getting them halfway finished, and you want that extra step, um, Connor's kind of the guy. So welcome to the show, Connor. How are you? It's really good to uh, really good to be here. Um, really appreciate you having me on. No worries. Our pleasure, dude. Absolutely. So um, could we start with, um, we, uh, we know that you do coaching and mentoring and that sort of thing. Could you tell us a little bit about what it is you do and how you go about approaching that? Yeah, so um, my mentoring program has to do with helping what I like to call hidden musicians to write and release their first single or album. Um, And the way it works is uh, musicians work one-on-one with me to basically get to that finished, uh, released album. process uh and marker of their song or album um and so a lot of the people i work with either they're in the very beginning stages of their songwriting and maybe need some help with forming a complete song um and then i have other i guess you would call more seasoned uh musicians who are maybe looking to just break through whatever block they may have whether it's psychological or otherwise to getting their music uh out there so Um, It's been a really cool experience for me personally to be able to work with uh, musicians to kind of get over that first uh, hurdle because for me, that first album was really powerful. Um, It sort of felt like it was the key uh, in terms of like generating opportunities for my music and uh, and everything else. Um, So I think that first release is definitely really important. And so it's been really cool to um, dive into that in a more, uh, involved way. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, so, I mean, with that first release of yours, I imagine that was a really pivotal point as you were saying, but, uh, what do you feel like you learned from that experience that you kind of like, uh, re-deliver to the people you work with? I think I learned that first and foremost, you know, I'm always going to be a student of music, right? We're always going to be students. We're never going to get to the point where we know everything. It's just simply impossible. Um, and to, and because of that, to not be so precious uh, with the songs that you're writing and the songs that you're releasing. Um, I think it's really important that we have that mindset because, you know, that, that first, it's not a make or break situation, right? That first release, it's, you don't have to necessarily put it all out there and, and, and hope for, hope for the best. It's just part of the process of a much longer journey. Um, so I think from a mindset standpoint, that's what I learned was that it's, it really is just the first step. Um, and then, you know, obviously I learned a lot from my peers, whether it was my band members that I was working with or producers that I was working with from, you know, just what it's like to be in the studio, what it's like to take a song from being a, a silly idea that you record on your phone or computer to a, a fully fleshed out song. Um, so, yeah, obviously a little bit of everything, but uh, I think it's really important to just get that out there and have that be the jumping off point for what will be a long musical journey Mm. it's kind of interesting that kind of ties into what we sort of uh, tend to say about the podcast that like you know because we write songs every week uh it's you tend to spend less 
time on them, thinking of them as like, this is the absolute pinnacle of everything I must do. This is, you know, <laughs> the sum right. of everything I must achieve. Like, uh, you learn, like, as you say, to be a bit more detached with them and to just, it's, if it's a good one, great, but it's one in the pipeline and it's part of a journey. Absolutely. And like, you know, let's say, let's say you want to get to a certain point with your songwriting. Maybe you have some sort of marker in mind with your songwriting or, or, or music, whatever it may be. Like, you're probably you're probably not going to get there unless you release a bunch of stuff up until that point, right? I think mm. it's important to make yourself vulnerable, get yourself out there so that you can come out the other end having, you know, worked through some of the growing pains, having having gone through that experience of putting yourself out there. So, um I think it is that repetition and that's why I love the idea of the show. Um that repetition, I think, is really important, you know, if you do want to get to, uh, if you do want to improve uh, as a songwriter and musician. Uh, you sort of mentioned there about, like, uh, sort of growing pains and hurdles. Like, um, obviously, like, everyone has, like, is neuroses about their songwriting and everything. Like, uh, what what kind of, in your case, was, like, the big sort of thing that was sort of holding back that first release, as it were? Um, I think it was just, um, yeah, I feel like it's almost tough to, to really, uh, really pinpoint. I mean, certainly I mean, they're were... asking you to psychoanalyze yourself <laughs> like, on the spot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The darkest I mean, secrets, uh, go. Uh, yeah. I mean, definitely. I, I think because I, I, I grew up with talented, with a talented network of musicians, I think there was an element of comparing myself to so-and-so whether that was in high school or whether that was in college so I think like in the beginning that was a bit of a barrier in terms of like getting myself out there but like I said I think once I sort of assumed my role as this like forever student of music um, it became uh, it, it sort of like alleviated this pressure that that I maybe felt in the beginning of like needing to be great quote-unquote and instead I just like became the student and so it just became a lot more a lot more fun when I did that. Um, it's funny when I look back at that first release, like, you know, I love those songs and like they'll always have a place in my heart. But, you know, like some of them I can't stand to listen to. I mean, it was a while ago now. And I feel like obviously I feel like I've grown as a songwriter. So um, I think that that sort of speaks to maybe some of the the growing pains that I went through. Like maybe I needed to make some. You know, like one of the things I did as an early songwriter is I feel like I, I just used way too many words in my lyrics. Like I felt this need to be super wordy. I don't know why, um, but along the way, I just kind of realized like, oh, I, I can take out probably 50% of those words, that, you know, that I was putting in. But I don't know that I would have learned that unless I had actually released those super wordy songs, you know. Mm. Um so, yeah, I guess that speaks a little bit to the growing pains and also reflecting on those growing pains, excuse me, and being able to learn from them. Absolutely. I, I feel like that's something we touch on all the time. It's just like if you're nervous about like your writing and you want it to be perfect, you've got to just start and allow it to be like uh, <laughs> imperfect for like for a while. Totally. And, you know, so you can discover what your sound is. Um so when you are working with people and you kind of approach that and they go, oh, I'm nervous about my songs because, you know, people's songs are kind of their babies, you know, when they come to well, you. And, they're, and they're intensely personal. Songwriting absolutely. is like one of the most totally. personal things you can entirely do. Sorry to cut you off there, Roger. No, but you're totally right. I mean, that's what I was getting at. And and how do you sort of go about reassuring people that, you know, while they are perhaps new to songwriting and new to the craft and producing and all that, 
how do you sort of reassure them and like uh you know make them feel better about the whole process yeah so i think one of the things kind of what i was talking about is just emphasizing that this is just the jumping off point uh for what will be a very long journey right um and so when you start to think of it that way as opposed to being your make or break record which is kind of ridiculous when you think about it um I think that it's all about like alleviating that pressure. Um, and then also to just think about everything as a learning experience, right? That first album, um, you're going to go through some of those those growing pains. And then 10 years from now, similar to what I was just talking about, look back and, and reflect on that and see the growth that you've uh, that, that you've experienced as a songwriter. Um, so it's not easy, but I think the I think the reassurance um, just comes from having someone like me in your corner uh, kind of every step along the way to allow you to navigate through some of the, the inner turmoil that you can experience <laughs> as uh, as an artist and to simplify the overwhelm and eliminate the overwhelm as much as possible. So if there's if there's overwhelm related to just the grandiose, uh, seemingly grandiose process of releasing an album to say, okay, Instead of like, you know, worrying about that, instead of really focusing on the finish line, like what is it that you can do today to get you closer uh, to get you closer to that goal? So I think it's it's a little bit of, yeah, just like sort of uh, mindset work of like, okay, this is what you think your first release needs to be. But this is actually the function that it should be. And then also the practicality and weekly execution of like, okay, what is it that I can work on today um, as opposed to getting caught up in maybe the overwhelm of of the the many steps uh, the many steps uh, that are far in the future because it can feel like a mountain, can't it? Absolutely, yeah. It's like a, you have this. You feel like you have this mountain of stuff. You think about like all of the all of the things on your checklist to get you from where you are to to where you want to go, and I think that can be daunting. But if you can just break all of that down to basically being like, okay, I need to write lyrics for this song this week, then it becomes a little bit more manageable um, because you can really focus on what's in front of you. It's that Henry Ford thing, like uh, nothing is impossible if you break it down into small enough parts. Totally, mm. totally. No, that's it. Consumable chunks mm. is the way I like to think about it, is like what can you what can you tackle today that you know would only take a few minutes. Mm. Exactly. Uh, so... When you have like people coming to you, what do you have people coming to you specifically for? Like you've mentioned, like the end goal of releasing an album, but are there any other like endpoints that people like uh, have uh, when when they sort of approach you? So I think they they probably do. Um, I think they probably have you know dreams kind of beyond that release or expectations beyond that release. But for me, like my whole thesis is like regardless of what you. What, regardless of what you're hoping to accomplish with your music, like you're not you're not going to get there unless you actually release your music, um, which <laughs> seems uh, which seems uh, maybe um, an, an oversimplification or or like I'm I'm poking fun, but uh, that's a real that's a real thing for people is that they'll start to think about everything beyond the release, and it's like okay, well you haven't actually started writing a song. Yet. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, <laughs> You know, so so for me, the I guess you know, if, if the main problem I'm trying to solve, quote unquote, is just being able to uh, empower artists to to focus on the process of creating and releasing the the album, right, or or the single. Um, mm. You know, obviously with that, there's going to be very like 
very like uh, basic um, music marketing um, strategy uh, that I've learned along the way. But I don't really, you know, I definitely don't consider myself to be a music marketing coach. Like I'm definitely more interested in like the creative aspect of it. So um, when an, when an artist comes to you with say, you know, a, a phone demo, let's say, which you know. I th- actually just like one little diversion or like digression there. I think phone yeah. demo has such a dirty name. Like I think, <laughs> like if you, do you, you know what I mean. Like I mean, phone demo sounds like it's such a simplistic thing, but I think when somebody writes a song and they go, "I don't have any studio equipment, I don't have any of this or that," but they have a phone demo, I think that's such a valuable resource. So, but anyway, that aside, when somebody comes to you with something that's just essentially a sketch. Um, do you work as like kind of a music producer in the traditional sense of like, hey, come over to my studio, we'll we'll lay down some drums and, and et cetera? Or is it a mm. case of like setting people up with a studio or like is it somewhere in the middle? Correct. So it's it's I would say it's more in line with like um songwriting and musician coaching than it is being a producer. I mean there there depending on the client, like I might be involved in some of the the songwriting decisions that they're making, especially if they come to me directly with with advice. But um, my role is really to uh, empower the the client, the artist, to be able to, you know, live their most musical life uh, week to week. Um, and so, a lot of what I do is help them work through. Okay, what is it this week that you need to work on to get you closer to your goal? So. If that goal, so the goal might be different depending on the client, right? So the goal might be, I want to just finish writing four songs by the end of 12 weeks, right? So for them, that might mean just coming out with those like four phone demos, or it might be like, uh, you know, I want to uh, finish writing two songs. Um, I want to record a demo of one of the songs, and then I want to find a producer, um, to help me bring you know the song to a releasable form, so it really depends on the the goal um, and where they are in their journey. But the whole idea is to get to some sort of finished place. So whether that's a finished song or a released song, kind of depends on on what the uh, what the musician uh, is doing. So yeah, less production and more uh, coaching in terms of uh, creativity as well as accountability. Uh, I was reading on your website. Uh... You, uh, there are sort of like comments from like other musicians who you've helped along their way, and they all speak of like these various exercises that you put them through to sort of, uh, uh, you know, uh, get the creative juices flowing. Without giving away any of the tricks of the trade, is there any like sort of favorite <laughs> uh, exercise that you have like for overcoming certain problems in um, uh, in budding songwriters? Yeah, I'm. I'm actually happy to. I'm actually happy to share anything and everything. Um, so no worries there. Uh, yeah, there's a couple. So um, ju- I think just journaling in general is a really interesting exercise. Um, I think like when we journal as songwriters, some some people might have this expectation of like, okay, when I'm done with journaling, like I'm gonna have the lyrics for my song, and <laughs> and like I, I don't see it that way. I think journaling is a great way to try to find where you want to start or continue a song. Um, because if you look back on the days of journaling, if you're able to do it for a few days, you're going to see these like common themes that come up and you can say, oh, okay, maybe this would be a cool place to start lyrically. So I think that's really cool. Another uh, thing that I've started to do, which has uh, been really, really awesome and and really kind of powerful is like if uh, you know, I mean, we've all been there where you write a song, uh, you get to a certain point and maybe you're just like, 
you're just not really feeling it anymore. Maybe you're just not like feeling inspired by the idea. Maybe it was like from a long time ago about a breakup from like three years ago. And you're kind of like, oh, I don't really care about this person anymore anyways. Like, why am I even writing this song? And so what I like to do is I say, okay, like, tell me about just like, tell me everything about the song. Like, tell me the story. Uh, tell me the origins of, you know, how you created this song. And after they like go through that, I think that you're reminded after you go through that, you're like reminded, oh, this is why I write, wrote the song. And this is why this song means something to me. And there's almost this like newfound um, inspiration that comes from that. Just being able to like uh, talk about it and, and share about it that I think is really cool. So all this to say is that if you're not feeling inspired by a particular song idea, call up a friend and just like start talking about it and, and see how you feel after you've uh, shared that whole story. Because you sort of end up getting like sort of um, like a different viewpoint just naturally because you're a different person in time, which is uh, totally is interesting. Totally. I think we've both had this on the podcast a couple of times where we've written yeah. songs about specific events, but we've written them about different points in time and the right. tone, the tones that you come out with, like in, just in terms of the way you talk about whatever it was that happened, are completely different. Yeah, mm. yeah, no, and I think that's cool. Like, I think it's okay. Um, and I've done that too, where like I've written, I've written like half or three quarters of, of a song um, about a particular situation, and then uh, when I came back to it, I had like a whole new perspective. But it actually like worked out okay because the way that the song was like formed, that new perspective, those lyrics kind of came at like the end of the song. So there was like kind of this cool natural progression, you know, both in terms of it, you know, this natural progression with my life i guess you could say that was mm. reflected in in this song like somewhat unintentionally so i think there's no i think there's no problem like if you feel differently about a song like i think that's okay to reflect it uh within a song or an album i think that's a really good point i mean so like when somebody kind of gets stuck on one of these um one of these buffers let's say like what do you find are the main things that sort of hold people back um from being as creative as they can be so there's, I think it's different depending on the person, but I think a lot of it comes down to uh, perfectionism. And it's a lot of what we were talking about, like this need to, to create a masterpiece. Um, and at the end of the day, music is subjective. So if you're getting in your head, um, if you're getting in your head about wanting to create that masterpiece, like that's definitely going uh, to be a block. So I think that's like a, that's a main one. Uh, number two, more specifically, actually, is what we're talking about, lyrics. I think lyrics can be uh, a big block for people. And my theory is because um, because lyrics are words and they're seemingly understood by everybody. Whereas with, you know, music, whether it's, you know, the, the instrumental aspects uh, are maybe a little bit more interpretive, a little bit more or seemingly more abstract. So I think we put pressure on ourselves when it comes to uh, lyrics. Um, and then the third thing is similar to what I was talking about before, is just general overwhelm of not knowing um, where to go, not knowing what to do next, um, feeling, that the, feeling that the whole process is daunting. So being able to like simplify those things. So yeah, I guess in, to summarize, perfectionism and overwhelm, I would say are like two of the biggest blocks that I've, that I've seen sort of since I've been doing this. 
Mm. I can relate to perfectionism a little bit. I've, uh, <laughs> yeah. I was sort, I was sort of saying when we first spoke, like uh, I've released my first album in the past, like a couple of months or so, and awesome. it ended up being released six months after I said I was going to release it, just because, like, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's totally. got to be, like, but totally. it's got to be perfect. I've got to get that bit right. Right. It's getting right. out of that. Yeah. Hook, no. So. It's. It's. Yeah. It's definitely. Um, definitely a major and and often a paralyzing block for a lot of people, which. Um, which I think is unfortunate because, you know, a lot of times very talented people who who really, you know, who who could should be sharing their art with the world and that can definitely get in the way. Mm. Absolutely. I will say as well, it's, it's not just something that happens like at the beginning, like writer's block strikes at any time. Like I've, I've, totally. I've done a few albums and I'm trying to do one at the moment and I'm at this point now where just everything you just said just applies, you know, this this thing of this overwhelm <laughs> of it, of just like, okay, I think I know what I want to do, but like, it's, it's like yeah. a mountain I've got to climb, like I said before, but also just that, I think it's such a common thing of just like, this needs to be a masterpiece, you know, not to say that like, yeah. I'm capable of that, but just like, uh, you know, it's just like that thing of this has to be perfect, especially like if it's somebody's debut album, you know, there's this thing of like, how am I going to get this to be everything it can be or everything it could be in, in potential? but also embrace my flaws. It's like it's a really tricky one, isn't it? I imagine yeah. that's sort of a balance you come, a, come across quite a lot with clients. Um, how do you kind of like address that balance? Like we want it perfect, but we also need to embrace, you know, the warts at all approach as well. So I think the first thing, as I say, is that there's no such thing as perfect, you know, like what, <laughs> like, I, because music is subjective, like it's hard to, I mean, of course there are, there are things related to, um, I don't know. I, I guess more uh, more of the the technical part of things uh, could be. You could argue, you know, like this this vocal needs to line up with this instrumental. Like, yes, that you could say finding the perfect timing for that is is something that exists. But in terms of art, um, you know, I don't know that the the perfect piece of art exists. So people are chasing something that that doesn't exist. And because music is subjective, like something that you think is perfect, even if that did exist, uh, someone else might think the exact opposite. Right. So, um, it's this, it's this bizarre thing that we chase. Um, and I think it's largely, uh, and, and, you know, certainly no judgment cause I've been there myself. Um, it's largely based on our fears of how, our music and how, you know, we ourselves will be perceived. Mm. Um, so I think a lot of like the searching for perfection is, can be rooted in that, that natural insecurity that we all feel at times. Mm. Mm. It's kind of uh, interesting, the concept of like perfection, not existing. Like you, you look at the amount of genres of music under the sun, just because right. you know, <laughs> no one can, can agree on what is perfect. So we have to have all these different <laughs> forms. Uh, totally. <laughs> But I wonder if that, just as an aside, I wonder if that is liberating to uh, perfectionists, the idea that you're stuck with this sort of overwhelming sensation and imperfection forever. Is it more like on the side of, uh, oh, fantastic, even like the greats feel this, and you mean I'm stuck with this for the rest of my life? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, it's definitely a a process, um, but I do think getting that first album out there is a good first step. And I guess, mm. I mean, Declan, like, how do you feel? Like, how do you feel now that it's out? Do, is there, 
Are there fears that still exist? Uh, is there a sense of relief? Like, I guess, you know, I'll turn the question on you. Like, how do you feel now that your release is out? Oh, God. Um, <laughs> I wasn't expecting <laughs> to be asked questions. Um, <laughs> Who's running well, this podcast? No, I was kidding. Well, it's, uh, it's, <laughs> it's uh, nice to sort of have it out and, like, have less of my headspace yeah. taken up with the ideas of... Because it's always the potential, I feel. Uh, yeah. Like, because I'm planning album two now, and that's coming back a little bit, like, the potential of, like... Uh, <laughs> But, you know, uh, this song I've had in my head for years and it's going to have right. a million guitars come in over here and it's going to have a <laughs> string section over there and it's going to have a choir there. And yeah. you sort of have... You can't chase that perfected ideal, essentially. Right. Otherwise, you will just be staring at your workstation forever going like, okay, it is up to 100 tracks. <laughs> but I can really hear that oboe part in there and it needs it, man. It needs it. <laughs> right, right, right. Right. But I like what you said, like you're thinking about the second album now. And I think that's and for me, I, I have the same I have the same headspace. I'm like, I can't wait to get this record out so I can start working on the next one. Um and I think that's the the pattern you start to to, to see sometimes with you know, once you get over that hump of getting you know, getting that first release out there. I mean, uh, yeah, I released my band's record back in February. And as soon as we got that out, I was like, oh, thank goodness. Like, you know, let's let's start working on the next one, uh, which is what we've been doing. So um, oh, I think that's a liberating feeling of like just looking forward to the next thing. Mm. Well, that's the thing. It's moving forward as opposed to sort of staying stationary and focusing so much on this one thing that you miss the wood for the trees, as it were. Right, exactly. Like you're you're running a you're running a marathon as opposed to just running on a treadmill is the analogy I like to uh, uh, I like I like to share, um, and I think that is definitely true once you get that that first release out there. Mm. I wonder, sort of like that sort of pushing forward thing. I wonder if you can see that in like uh, I'm going to show my classic rock bias here, but like uh, particularly <laughs> older bands and older artists, like you know, you get to people like David Bowie you didn't have like their big commercial turnaround until like their fourth record pink floyd i think dark side of the moon is like their ninth record or something like that exactly it's kind of like but everyone thinks of like the breakthrough moments uh like you were saying like it's that mindset you've got to get out of that unrealistic expectation right of like the minute i release this album i shall be world famous and i shall dominate (laughs) everything uh do you end up coming across like unrealistic expectations uh a lot uh when you oh, deal with to- clients totally or they're not even it's not even that they're unrealistic it's just their their focus is not in the right place and if they do focus on that at this moment it's going to cause them to not do the most important thing which is actually releasing writing and releasing the the single or the album right like I was talking to someone the other day, and again, I, I, I say this with, with no judgment whatsoever because I think we've all been there, um, but he was, he was going on about how he wanted X amount of plays for his release, and he was like trying to figure out um, how to do that. And for me, that's, almost, that's just like a, a very strange place to start when you're talking about creating something that is supposed to be authentic to you, right? Or is supposed to be authentically you. If you're creating with these amount of plays in mind, whether it's YouTube, Spotify, or whatever else, you know, you're you're going to be trying to cater to something that maybe you're not. Um, and the overwhelm of even worrying about something like that at such an early stage 
is probably going to keep you from actually working, you know, on the music and, and getting it out there. Um, so it's not even that they're unrealistic. Um, it's more just, uh, I guess, um, misdire- misdirected or just weird timing, I guess, of having those expectations. Because to use that example, if you do have like a, in your head, like, oh, I need to get X amount of plays on this, that's going to suddenly right. feed into the whole process of like creating and, uh, you know, recording and uh, eventually the release. But that's going to feed into every single step. Uh, totally. You know, which... Totally. And it's just a lot. It's just a lot of pressure to put on yourself, too. Like, I don't I don't want to be I don't want to be creating music and the whole time I'm worried about whether or not it's going to get a million plays, you know, on YouTube. Like, that seems let the mega stars like worry about that. That's their job. <laughs> Taylor Swift can worry um, about that. <laughs> I think it comes down to the so, whole like um, yeah. social media thing. I mean, the desire for success in totally. music has always been there, but I feel like, I mean, especially over the last like year or so, but even over the past like five, ten years, this thing of wanting to put something out there, content of any kind, and have people, yeah. you know, like it and comment on it, and for it to blow up and be viral to some extent, I imagine totally. informs some people's not the whole desire but like some people's like partial desire to even make art in the first place absolutely no and i've uh i'm not sure how old you guys are i'm I'm guessing we're around the same age i'm 32 and so like some of the the younger uh younger people i talk to who are you know teenagers now who are interested in music or whatever um i think like because they grew up you know I, i grew up watching cartoons on television but like a lot of them grew up watching YouTube. Like that was their <laughs> Saturday morning cartoons. Mm. And I think that growing up in that culture of like views, uh, plays, likes, uh, it's almost, I feel like it's almost become uh, entrenched in like their decision, like their decision making, just like their everyday decision making. And I think that feeds to art as well of like, okay, I want to create this with the idea of, you know, uh, garnering this many likes or this many views and stuff. And uh, I feel like that can be really, uh, that can be really paralyzing if you, you know, have the wrong mindset about it, I guess. I really mm. like what you do in that sense, because, you know, I imagine because a lot of people would come to you um, with just a, like quite an innocent and pure goal of like, I want to, I want to realize my artistic, you know, uh, potential and like I want this song that I've recorded on my phone to to be more fully realized. Um, I think I right. think it's great that you have that approach as opposed to um, you know let's build your Instagram following to ten thousand followers you know and all that <laughs> kind of thing. I just think that's that's so refreshing to hear and uh, I mean I yeah. just think that's great. I appreciate that. Yeah, and I don't I don't think I'm trying to I don't think I'm trying to do anything, you know, I'm not trying to reinvent the wheel. I'm not trying to say that those things aren't important. Um, I'm just saying that, like, those things are totally not important if you don't have the most important thing, (laughs) which is your which is your art and your music. Um, And so and I and I think I just love I love the creation process. I love going from song you know you know terrible song demo on your phone to you know a a released album i just love i just love seeing that growth so you know that's always uh, been my my focus i suppose Hmm. definitely i was wondering like because uh you said you released your band's latest uh album in february right 
Yeah, February of 2021, uh, we put out our, what was our third full-length, uh, third full-length record. So we put that out earlier this year. Is he alone the single for that? I was listening to a little bit of that just before he came on the call. That was, really cool that was the, uh, yeah, thank you. That was the first single off that album. And then we released uh, another one called Five Years a little bit later. But yeah, um, Alone was released in January. And then we dropped the album in February. Nice. Um, with your band then, have you, uh, any of the techniques that you use in your course or like used, uh, or developed over that, have any, has that applied to your band then as well? Yeah, absolutely. And I'm lucky in the sense that like at this current moment, this isn't always the case, but at this current moment, I have actually a steady, uh, lineup of band members, um, who write with me. Um, in the past, it's sometimes been like I write and then I, you know, I find a band and put it together to make a release happen. But I mm. actually feel like I actually feel like I have band members now, which is like a, just a crazy cool uh, situation. Um, so it is helpful because I have them uh, as some whether they know it or not, like uh, a level of accountability, um, you know, and being able to especially now that things are opening up a little more, being able to schedule band practices and everything. Um, but yeah, absolutely. And and uh, I have to credit um, our current drummer, Zach, who kind of had this idea last year. He was like, you know what, like, let's just let's just write a lot of stuff. Let's just like write a, a bunch of songs. You know, if half of them are terrible, like that's OK. And we'll record the other half. And that's what we did. Hmm. So we 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 demoed 15, so- uh, not 15, 13 songs. We demoed 13 songs uh, and we cut it down to 10 when we got into the studio. Um, and it was great. It was great just being able to like write with no expectation of creating the perfect song. We just wanted to write a lot and then be able to choose from that pack of songs. Mm. Yeah, so it's a lovely environment when you get that in like a group of musicians, which is not always the case. Like, uh, definitely not, definitely not. Because <laughs> either, like you say, you have like one person writing and everybody else just like joining in for the arranging, or like you have people like focused on. But this has got to be the best it can be. Which again, it's that perfectionism right. thing. It feeds into everything. Totally. All of totally. our neuroses as musicians. <laughs> totally, totally. No, absolutely, and it and bleeds into other aspects of our lives as well, for sure. Hmm. Oh, artists are a weird bunch. <laughs> yeah such 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 divas so complicated i don't know what you're talking about darlings i'm absolutely perfect <laughs> uh, i just love that whole piece around just letting go of uh you know like you said just let's write some songs as opposed to like let's write the 10 most perfect songs we've ever written in our lives i just think that's such a healthy way and also i think like paradoxically you probably end up with better songs because of being more relaxed about it, right? Totally. Absolutely. Being more relaxed about it. And I actually think that finding out what ideas don't work can be valuable for, can be super valuable for like the writing process. Um, And then oftentimes if you just write a bunch of songs, uh, maybe like one part of a song doesn't work for that particular song, but maybe that could work as a bridge to another song so it's almost like this open canvas and you're just throwing a bunch of ideas on there that are forming as songs but there's no reason you can't like move things around and that's that's absolutely what we did and i think just getting in a you know we were writing weekly you know uh for for like a year and a half before hitting the studio and that was that was tremendous and i think for a few years before that i was 
getting caught up in my head a little bit with my writing, much of what we were talking about, you know, this perfectionism aspect. And then, yeah, my drummer was just like, you know what, like, let's just write, let's just write. And if, and if it's terrible, you know, that's okay. We'll pick the good ones. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was just thinking it, it totally reminds me of, um, like, cause I mean, during lockdown, I think we've all tried like different things just to fill the time, you know, not even like anything too deep, yeah. but one thing I kind of started doing, um, which I haven't done since I was a kid is drawing. And just in, in terms of, uh, relating to what you're saying about with your band, let's just write, um, for yeah. the first like few months I started drawing just in the sketchbook, they turned out like pretty good. And I was like, Hey, this is going well. Yeah. And then it, I reached this point where like, I drew like three bad things in a row and I just quit for like, like three or four <laughs> months. I just totally quit. My career is over. <laughs> and then what, what I realized was that like, okay, let me just start drawing again. And I just drew yeah. page after page after page. And I found that like, Three pages in a row were just awful because I'm not a, I'm not a visual right. artist really. And then the fourth one was okay. And then three in a row were yeah. bad again. And the fourth one was okay. And it kind of taught me like two things. It was like first of all, you know, I do it because it's relaxing and I enjoy it and to fill some time. And the other thing is like, hey, actually, they're not all bad, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Like, I don't know. I think we grew up thinking quality over over quantity. And obviously that's true, you know, on a, I guess like a base level, but also like, I think a lot of times you can't get quality unless you have quantity. Right. Um, so, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I, I feel like, uh, maybe people misinterpret just that general idea, I guess. And, uh, uh, people were, we're so afraid to be bad. We're so afraid to, um, work through the terrible or, or work through the muck before we can get to a clearing. And that's where a lot of people abandon ship. And, and fortunately you got back to it with your drawing, but um, that's a very common thing of just like the first sign of like rough waters and, you know, people just jump off the ship. <laughs> um, so I think it's, I think it's definitely important to, uh, to work through that. And it's good that you did. It's kind of interesting. You can sort of see this pattern a little bit throughout music history sorry i'm a wee bit of a music history nerd but like uh you get to these things like for example with the beatles with george harrison saying that he was absolutely terrified to start songwriting because john and george although like uh they'd only recorded one album together they'd written like 200 songs so george always (laughs) said like they've got their bad ones out of the way or they know when it's a bad one totally and they they've got onto the process of just writing the next one whereas he was starting from that perfectionism angle you can see this with like so many songwriters throughout history it's kind of interesting like i wonder if that was broadcast more that part of history in terms of (laughs) creating art yeah as opposed to like limiting artists to like their finest works right right no yeah whether that be a mass psyche change or whether i'm just being very hopeful (laughs) (laughs) yeah that would be too uh yeah, no, that, that that would be too too dark for people. Like we can't we can't know that we can't know that we can't know that artists you know struggled. No, no, no chance. Um, but no, absolutely. Like you got to work through uh, you got to work through the muck and and get through the bad weather you know before you get to a clearing. So I, I think it's important to go through that. I was I was kind of keen to ask because you have like quite a unique approach to uh, working with musicians and how to get them you know kind of if not back on track then on track in the first place i was kind of wondering what tips you would have just generally speaking for creative people out there like what are there any sort of like uh routines you implement or anything like that that you would recommend to people 
Absolutely. So the one thing that I always talk about is we need to stop worrying so much about time that we're spending on music. I think as working professionals, which is largely uh, the groups that I work with who are balancing their music as well, there's this pressure of like, oh, I need to make time for music every single day, or I need to um, make sure that I have three or four hours in the weekend to just devote to my music. (laughs) And I think that a focused 15 minutes can be much better than an unfocused three-hour block. Um, So to not put so much pressure on yourself to spend X amount of time each week, each day on your music, but instead pick a goal that you want to achieve in three months' time. So for example, maybe that's complete three song demos uh, in GarageBand or whatever you might you might use. Or maybe it's just, th- you, maybe it's just write three complete songs. Um, and then pick what I call our missions, three to five missions each week that are going to get you closer to that goal and be as specific as possible. So maybe it's like write the lyrics to the verse of song number two, or maybe it's write the melody to the chorus of song number three. Um, that way, when you sit down for music, it's it's purpose-driven and, and there's direction to it as opposed to just sitting down being like, all right, I got time for music. Uh, what am I going to do now? <laughs> um, so to actually to actually have those missions in place so that you, know, you can check those things off, and, and everyone loves checking things off, checking things off uh, each day, um, each week. And if it only takes you five minutes for that week to get you through the three things that you picked, that's okay because you're getting closer. You're getting uh, closer to your goal, and it creates that direction uh, and purpose every time you sit down to do music. Oh man, that's really valuable. I needed to hear that personally. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. I really did. <laughs> uh, we've talked uh, a lot, and obviously, like your business is focused on getting to like the first release. Like, uh, yeah. What, in your opinion, is a good thing to keep in mind going forward from the first release? Um, To uh, humble yourself to continue to learn and continue to grow. So in reflection of that first release, you can ask yourself, okay, you know, what did I like? Uh, maybe what uh, what do I think uh, should change for the next release? Um, you know, how could I do things differently for the next release? Do I need to do anything different for the next release? So to just think about that first release as a reflection point um, and as a crucial part of your growth um, and that you will continue to grow with each and every release. So um, if you've just put out you know, that that first release, definitely uh, enjoy it, definitely reflect upon it. Um, if you can play some live shows, I would definitely recommend that. I think playing live uh, not only maybe helps you get over certain fears as they relate to perfectionism or insecurity, but I think it also makes you a much better musician um, if you have that just practice of playing live because there really is no, there's no way to simulate a live show. Um, so I would definitely like start playing live if you haven't already. And, you know, obviously this last year and a half, it's things that are a little bit different. Um, but yeah, Maybe you to want just to keep really, in mind for future. <laughs> so for the future, yeah. And yeah, to just reflect and continue to humble yourself to being a student and, you know, move on to the next one. Yeah, I like that thing you said earlier on uh, towards the start of like always reminding yourself you are always a student because there You're is always, always a student. more. Totally, mm-hmm. totally. And if and if you don't think that you're a student of music, um, 
there's a probably a larger uh, issue there because uh, no one has figured out music. <laughs> no, no one has no one has achieved music. You know, whatever that may be. So, yeah, like no one has like learned everything. You can learn all your pop, all your rock, all your easy listening, all your classical, exactly. all your metal, all of this, and you still haven't totally. touched the reggae section yet. <laughs> exactly. There's always gonna be there's always gonna be something new that you can you can learn, and I think that's that's the the best part about music and art in general. I think that's a wonderful note to uh, to end the podcast on, uh, Connor. Thank you so much. You've brought so much value and insight to to the show. So thank you so so much. Thank you for having me. I I, uh, I really love the premise of the show. Actually, it in, it inspired me. Uh, Twenty minutes before we started this episode, I was actually working on a on a new song. Um, so uh, you know, you're already making an impact. So I, I really appreciate. Hey, it. Hey man, yes. send it in. We we'd love to play it. <laughs> Yeah, no, I uh once I once I get a tangible demo, I'll definitely uh send it to you for sure. Ideal. Oh, fantastic. Looking forward to that. So uh awesome. where can people find uh uh you on online and how do people get in touch with you if you they want to work with you uh in terms of coaching and mentoring? Yeah, absolutely. So the best thing to do is to go to connorfrost.com, C O N N O R Frost, F R O S T dot com slash just start j-u-s-t-s-t-a-r-t once you go to that page you'll be able to book a free call with me to uh, come up with a strategy and game plan uh, to help you write and release that first album or single so we'll get on that call we'll strategize um, and and get you a clear tangible plan so that you can get to that that end point um, so definitely check that out I'm also on Instagram Connor L Frost C-O-N-N-O-R-L Frost F-R-O-S-T um, and my music is uh, under the name Dizzy Bats D-I-Z-Z-Y B-A-T-S two words um, so if you're interested in checking out my music as well that would be the place to do it fantastic awesome well, Connor, awesome. thank you very much Appreciate for uh, coming on the show and uh, yep. hopefully speak to you again soon. Yeah, thank yeah, you for being on. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah, thank you so much.